uh, a half, a quarter, zero. Hi, welcome to the Theta Game podcast, the official podcast of ThetaGang.com. I'm your host, Junie, and thanks for tuning in. These are only my opinions and anything said in this podcast and future podcasts should not be considered financial advice. I have stock positions in NVIDIA, Apple, AMD, and Fona. Thank you. Uh, so we're here today with stock tier list part eight, uh, and just to kick things off, we're starting with uh, Micron. Um, the ticker is MU. Shout out to the OG uh, Wall Street Bets members uh, with the Mu or Mu nineties. Uh, gonna bring up Micron stock on Google. Give that a little rundown here. Micron has not been doing so hot um, over the last year. It's reached a high recently in April of this year, 2021, at $95. And since then has retraced down to $68. Um, Honestly, the graph doesn't look that bad for entry like right now at this second. Like if you've ever considered Micron before, I'd say just like take the time after you get out the car, after the commute, after listening to the podcast. Um, yeah, just take a look at the mu chart or the Micron chart. Seems not bad. PE ratio is thirteen point four, which is really good, and it even pays a dividend. Though, let's quickly uh, just compare this with uh, Intel stock, INTC stock. Uh, Intel has a better p e ratio and has a better dividend yield. Um, wow, did it fall off a cliff though. Um, okay. Interesting. Wow, that is... Nuts. Okay, anyway, so Micron, not as good of a deal on paper. Uh, PE ratio being higher than uh, Intel and dividend yield also lower than Intel. Micron is, by Google's definition, is an American producer of computer memory and computer data storage, including dynamic random access memory, flash memory, and USB drives. Let's pop up uh, Micron here. Let's take a look at you. Okay, let's look at the implied volatility. Vol- implied volatility is very average like 32%. Uh, The open interest is really, really good. Like you're not gonna have a bad time exiting and entering trades. It's in the semiconductor industry, or at least it affects semiconductors. Not sure how... I'm trying to think here. 
on the podcast, I've always considered uh, Micron as semi-stock or a semiconductor stock. I don't know if that's actually true though. Semi Micron stock, semiconductor, Micron, Micron, semiconductor stock. What does that bring up? Yeah, I mean, if it just if it's just memory and data storage, not sure if that counts as a semi. But we'll talk about that later. Open interest is good. Volatility is average. The P&E ratio is really good though. Dividend yield, it's low, but it's also a tech stock, so I wouldn't expect it to be insanely high. Um, bringing up the bringing up the tier list. I feel like it's only right to just put it next to Intel, um, but because Intel. Uh, it has a better dividend, a lower P&E ratio, both of which will not perform as well as AMD um, or Nvidia. We haven't even gotten to Nvidia yet, but I've brought it up so many times. Uh, I just think uh, Intel uh, is just a better deal than Micron. Especially since this is my personal list, I just know Intel a little bit more than Micron. Um, just because uh, of Intel CPUs uh, versus AMD. And whenever I read AMD news, I'm always comparing it to Intel. Uh, Micron, less so. But I do follow their earnings because they do impact all the other semiconductor stocks when Micron reports as well, especially if Micron reports earlier. Um, but Intel, I, I, I would be more confident if one of my friends that just got into options trading, for example, said, hey, I'm trading Intel. Uh, I wouldn't be worried though if they pick Micron, um, but everything above Micron I think is just a better thing to trade. Uh, Datadog, I believe in Datadog way more than Micron. Etsy, I think there's just more volatility there and some more news that you can actually, that's actually, um, uh, that's like relatable that people know like sales numbers and that stuff. Like you don't have to be super techie to understand just how Etsy works. Amazon is a little bit more on the expensive side and less people can trade it, but Amazon as a company doesn't seem like like a bad idea, uh, stock perspective wise. Yes, Amazon could be ruining the world, Jeff Bezos could be ruling the world, whatever, but Amazon as a stock, not bad. CrowdStrike, data security is becoming way much more of a thing. Um, and if you wanna get into that stuff, by all means, I like CrowdStrike in that aspect. And again, just Intel. Um, following AMD, I see a lot of Intel news. So I feel really good just putting it right here. I like Micron even better than what's inside the B tier than Lululemon and Corsair, Coinbase, Best Buy, McDonald's, Lockheed Martin, Raytheon, Altria, Canada Goose, Blizzard, Alibaba, JD, Fiverr. All of that is true. And so Micron being right in the middle between Lulu and Intel um, is good with me. Um, moving on, uh, we're gonna be talking about NEO. Let's bring up NEO stock real quick. NEO is a electrical vehicle stock, electric vehicle stock, uh, that's based in China. 
and that has to be its biggest risk factor and China has not been doing so hot as of late um, stock looks like it's consolidating though and the $36 price point seems really solid uh, it's corrected just a tad bit from 36 and it's currently at $40 um, it has no P&E ratio, it does not make money, um, and it has no dividend, but that's expected because it's definitely a growth stock. Um, moving on to Tastyworks, let's see here, boom, deal. Implied volatility is really good, 60, about 60%, looking at the option volume. Option volume is there. Open interest is good. would I get if I sold the 36 that's my question 36 is within one standard deviation so like these lines these dotted lines here on tastyworks show you the standard deviations and like what's expected like this here th these this orange line is where the price is currently at and these dotted blue lines show standard deviation and like this here is like what's expected of the stock to move. 36 being within that range um, means that you could get paid like a decent amount. It doesn't always mean you could get paid fat, but it's a good indicator that, hey, if you find an entry, like for example, just like looking at this graph and you say, oh yeah, there's a lot of support at 36. And then you come over to the broker app. Um, and if you see that that price point is within the two blue lines, uh, then it's like a good sign that like, hey, you can probably uh, enter at that strike. It wouldn't be too bad. Probably a profit here is 78% for $3,600. Let's see, 3600 you have to put up $3,600 to open up this cash secure put, you get $68, which really, that's not bad. And that's, of course, because implied volatility on the stock is really high. Uh, we have a member in the Discord that's like, that, I don't know if, honestly, he's still super into Neo. I know that uh, he's recalibrated his opinion of it since, like, all the China stuff has been happening. Um, but Neo as... From what, just from just what I've seen, this is my total opinion, not backed up on facts at all. From what I've seen, Neo is actually legit. It's just the fact that uh, here, let me move this microphone because I think it's causing the camera to blur. Boop. Okay, we're gonna keep it blurred for a little bit, um, and also move this to the side. 
Uh, Neo seems pretty legit. It's just the fact that the Chinese government's really trying to um, hone down on big business in China, and that's scaring investors and causing prices to correct. So that just being a major major factor, I could love Neo all I want, and I kind of don't. I have that same feeling with electric vehicle stocks in general. Um, but yeah, I'd say that this would go next to the Chinese stocks in B tier. Um, and I'd probably say that I like Alibaba more than Neo, but I, I like Neo more than I do JD. So I think it's gonna go right there. Um, so Neo being in B tier, uh, it's just at the tail end of B tier because it is an order from left to right here. Um, things at the end of B tier are more news oriented, which is uh, bad in my eyes because um, when you're relying on news, you're relying on external factors to carry you. Uh, and once you start doing that, then you feel like you have less control, or at least I feel like I have less control, and I don't like my money being, you know, basically in control of other people. Uh, it just feels really bad. So just investing into companies that prove themselves, that, you know, make you feel good when you buy more on a dip, those are the companies that you want to stay invested in. Not in companies that are necessarily like, oh, we got to hit this vehicle number for next quarter, and then you're constantly refreshing Google or uh, whatever site you use to um, see if the uh, if there's any leaks or if there's any photos taken of like uh, their parking lot, seeing their vehicle numbers go up. That all that is just like way too stressful for me, and so I'd rather just invest into companies that um, that are good value on paper that that are currently making money. Like all of these um, uh, stocks in A tier have A tier and up have a P and E ratio. Uh, some in B tier also have P&E ratio, just less of a good deal, maybe not as growth oriented or uh, whatnot. But everything in A tier and up definitely has a P&E ratio, has money or makes money. Um, and I'd, I wouldn't bat an eye if someone came up to me and said, hey, Junie, I bought Home Depot stock. I bought Costco stock. I bought Google, Cisco, Facebook, Home Depot, Disney, like all that stuff. Um, I would I would be okay. I wouldn't have to worry. Um, moving on, uh, let's look at Nike. Nike, from what I've seen, has been doing pretty well. Um, Nike stock. Uh, Nike stock here. 163 bucks. Last time I traded Nike, uh, I think Nike was trading at like 100. So this has gone up quite a bit from COVID, I believe. Yeah, so here's the COVID crash and it went down to $67. And from the bottom of the crash, it's risen almost $100, which is insane. Uh, Nike's p &E ratio is 43 uh, and its dividend yield is 0.67%. Dividend yield is kind of low but that's okay, at least they have a dividend, so we're, we're happy with that. Their P&E ratio is kinda high for a, uh, like a, what, what, what is this even called? A design, development, manufacturing, and worldwide marketing and sales of footwork, apparel, equipment, uh, accessories, and services. 
That's that's what Nike is, according to Google, is about section. Um, I was just gonna say that they're like a clothing brand, but it's more than that now, for sure. Um, their Nike Run app, uh, just all the things that Nike is a part of, like sports, just the recognition recognition of the swoosh. So I can compare that almost with Disney. Um, their stock graph, amazing. It's up and to the right. It's not even like too high of like any spikes or anything. Like nothing here. Uh, and I'm for those that are listening on the podcast. I'm like hovering over the just the like the basically the all time graph of Nike. Um, over at least the five years, uh, last five years. Nothing here screams like something is way overextended. Not, there's nothing out of uh, out of order. Nothing looks weird. There's no like uh, massive spike like crypto or like Tesla. There's nothing that alarms me there. Let's look into uh, Nike on Tastyworks real quick. Uh, we're gonna bring up. We're gonna bring up. Uh, bu- 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 Nike, like that. Okay, Nike has earnings on December 17th, 10 days after my birthday. Uh, let's go chart. Let's go daily one year. Nice. 131 seems like a steal, but that doesn't seem possible. It's gonna be way a little bit late, way a little money. 145 seems also like a steal. But I'm gonna guess that this has low implied volatility, uh, good options volume, uh, and the 147 strike will not pay that much. Low implied volatility, 23%. The the 147 pays $30. <laughs> yeah, so trading this to be greedy is not good and what i mean by that is you know how you you meet some people that get into trading options uh maybe they start learning the sales the sell side and they start writing options um some people some traders just like to see or sell options on the most volatile thing that they can just so they can say oh look i sold this to wall street bets and uh, yeah, some poor sucker on the other side bought this, and I made this massive amount of money. This type of this type of pricing would not appeal to them, uh, and I low key have some of that in me too, where like I always want to get like a good deal. Like writing the one forty seven here, and putting up four almost fifteen thousand dollars to make thirty bucks does not feel good. Um, you might say like, okay, Junie, why did you specifically pick one forty seven? Why don't you just like raise the strike higher? Uh, I definitely can, but this isn't a stock that I like particularly love. At least I don't think so. I wear a lot of Nike products. Um, my roommate very into Nike, uh, I, and I even think that's an understatement. He loves Nike. Um, good company. They have their marketing on lock, uh, but. It's just, if I was really into Nike, I wouldn't mind selling the 160. That just seems like an easy sell for me. But I'm just not, so I'm gonna want a good deal. And selling the 147 at the 200 EMA seems um, like how I'd want to enter. Possibly 158 
but I'd have to really want my money in here. The way I look at Nike right here is Nike costs $164 a share. If I want to buy 100 shares of Nike, that's going to be like $16,000, $16,500,000. What can I buy else for $16,500,000 or 16, I'm just going to call it $16,000. What else can I buy for $16,000? Well, with $16,000, I could buy 100 shares of AMD or 100 shares of Apple, which in my eyes have better growth potential uh, and they're in related in things that uh, are more uh, relatable in my field of work, but also just like my passions and all the geeky stuff that I'm into. So um, Nike, I think it's a amazing, amazing stock for your long portfolio, especially if you need to diversify. There's nothing wrong with Nike. It's just not my personal uh, favorite stock. Uh, so let's just take a quick look at the stock tier list. Um, and I can I I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real here. So I can I can already tell where this is gonna go just with the blink of an eye. Uh, and hear me out here. So, Nike is gonna go in S tier. Uh, it's gonna be the last one in S tier though. Uh, and this is because I like AMD the most of out of everything in S tier. I like Apple uh, a little bit less than that. And then Microsoft. So last week when we graded Microsoft as an S tier, or at least when I did, I said that, you know, I don't trade Microsoft all that often, but I do like what Microsoft is doing. I like their cloud growth. I like just all the products that they're able to build and compete with other people. I like that factor. Um, they have a nice dividend. Their stock graph also looks nice, like Nike. Um, but then, yeah, uh, there's nothing particularly wrong with Microsoft, just like how there's nothing particularly wrong with Nike. I'd say Nike gets even a small boost because it help it will help most of you um, diversify, especially for me. Because I, if I were to put Nike in my long portfolio, I wouldn't have to worry about it. It's gonna it'll grow. It's gonna do its thing. Uh, but more than anything, it's gonna help me diversify a little bit more than tech. But do I personally like diversifying? No, I have my own reasons. I'll talk about that a little bit more in like maybe uh, after after the stream or in some other podcast, but I think I have an episode about it, um, talking about diversification. But Nike, there's nothing wrong with it. It's not overextended, at least in my eyes. It's not overvalued, pays a dividend. p ratio, a little bit high, but it has the brand recognition of Disney. So uh, just with a better graph and better future outlook. Um, Ford, the reason why it's at the very front of A tier again is like, because it's uh, such a cheap stock, it has good IV, it's great beginner stock, I think, as long as you don't, don't go all in. Um, and then like Home Depot, Costco, Google, Cisco, and like at the tail end of Facebook. Facebook's kind of like borderline B, but it's in the tail end of A tier. Um, Nike is good. If you bought Nike stock, I wouldn't care. If you bought Nike options, I would be a little worried. And then you might say, but Junie, uh, don't you want to buy options on companies that have uh, lower implied volatility? 
therefore I, you know, I pay less to, you know, bet in a certain direction. And it's like, yeah, that is 100% true, but you're also like betting on a direction in a defined like time range, AKA the expiration date. And there's a good chance you could be wrong on that. So I rather just have like people just diversify with stocks that are not inclined for growth and just start building like a forever portfolio. I think that's like a concept that I want to start uh, introducing, but uh, at the same time start doing uh, and we'll see. Like low key, I kind of want to deal with like Robin Hood or like Tastyworks or something where like I have this very unique account where I just show and hold literally forever or like I come up with like a goal um, where like I promise to everyone that I publicly show the portfolio to like on stream like I do every week uh, Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. <laughs> Gotta throw that ad in. Um, and uh, yeah, I just think it'd be an awesome idea if I just had a separate portfolio, separate from this one that I show on Tuesdays every week uh, of just, you know, stocks that I don't buy in bushels of a hundred. Um, uh, so yeah, Nike, great stock, not, absolutely nothing wrong with the graph. Uh, implied volatility is kind of low, but that doesn't matter if you're buying shares uh, and they pay a dividend. Uh, moving on. This was a bit of a joke. Um, and I forgot, I wasn't even showing it, but yeah, here we go. So Nike went here, very tail end of S. Very good stock, wouldn't mind if people picked it up. As a joke, someone brought up Nikola and it made it here. Um, we're gonna look at it anyway. <laughs> so Nikola stock, we had a few episodes of the stream where we talked about Nicola, we watched the downhill video, we watched the uh, the um, Bridgewater uh, YouTuber that had like that really good documentary. Uh, wait, hold on a sec. Yeah, we watched that entire documentary talking about how Nicola was a scam and a fraud and all that stuff blowing up. So. We have some nostalgic connection to this stock here. Wow. Looks like Nikola for a very long time, uh, before you know it all blew up. Uh, Cruise Line, thank you for the follow. Uh, before it all blew up, it was trading around like 10.30, uh, and now it's trading at 10.80. Wow, and at the very highest, at one point, there are people trading it at 66 bucks. That's insane. Of course, they don't have a PE ratio. They don't have a dividend yield. And I'm pretty sure that the founder is no longer with them. Yes. Yeah, yeah, the founder is no longer the CEO. CEO, the new CEO, Mark Russell, joined the team in June of 2020. I really wonder what happened to Trevor Milton. I wonder if he went to jail. Because that. That was insane, how, much, how far that stuff got. Uh, we're gonna bring up uh, Tasterworks here. Bring up Nikola. Nikola's implied volatility is insanely high. This is the exact thing that I'm talking about when I was talking about uh, some people learn how to short options or write options 
and they try to find the most volatile thing, like IE or for example, like here. Uh, and this has implied volatility of 100, almost 130%, 128.5. For just putting up $1,000, you get uh, 48 bucks. Let's just round that to 50. Um, and you see this, oh, actually, let me bring this up, sorry. You, you guys and girls weren't able to see this before. There we go. So selling this uh, $10 strike price and trying to get 50 bucks for it. Uh, getting 50 bucks to put up $1,000 is kind of cool. Um, but let's pretend, you know, uh, we wanted to say, for example, sell Apple. Apple is about like $15,000 if you wanted to write cash secure put. So let's see what you would get for Nicola uh, instead. Or I guess we'll look at Apple first. Apple selling the 150, you get 400 bucks for putting up 15K. Uh, for Nicola, if we put up 15K, you get 800 bucks. So for the same amount of money, um, that you would put up for Apple, you get double the amount of premium uh, you get with Nikola. So that I hope like kind of puts in perspective um, just how much like volatility matters, especially if you were like on the buy side um, and you want to buy puts or buy calls. That's how much more expensive it is when a stock is more volatile. Um, 400 bucks for Apple uh, and uh, 800 bucks for Nikola. Nikola being at it's like almost like IPO price or whatever that price range was of like um, when it was trading really stagnant when no one knew that it basically existed for X amount of years. Uh, it's really dangerous. I wouldn't see a specific reason to go in unless if you were really following news. But at this point, because Nikola has that sort of track record, I wouldn't even trust the news that news outlets like report on it. It seems very reckless to go into a stock like this when there are so many better stocks to choose from. Um, some of you might say, okay, uh, Juni, if you think this stock is so trash, uh, then maybe it's a good idea to sell uh, short naked calls uh, on this because it can't possibly go up 20%. So I'm gonna sell the $12 strike price um, and I'm gonna try to get a thousand bucks in 17 days. So I'm gonna sell basically uh, 20 short naked calls at the $12 strike price that expires in 17 days and I'll get a thousand bucks if it expires out the money. What's the chances that Nikola goes up 20% in 17 days? I'm telling you right now, first moment you think that sort of thought it will happen to you like you will get got so hard especially if this is a short naked call scenario you don't have the shares to cover it you are going to ruin your life this is not something you guys and girls should ever do um, don't sell short naked calls you're really asking for it if you do um, just my two cents if you're newer to an newer to options and I know that you know some people tune into the stream for the first time 
don't know what writing options or selling options is, uh, and they might learn about short naked calls, I just want to put this like disclaimer in there. Like, just don't do it. It's a very, very bad uh, idea. Um, but going back, uh, I think we've talked about Nikola enough. Um, we'll pull up the stock tier list. Nikola is going to go in uh, the gut tier. I think you're only asking for it if you trade this. Though, I'm going to say that because Nikola is at its like uh, stable price of where it was before like anyone knew about it, I think it's worse than blackberry but better than uh J jnug or uh whatever this genomics uh what what stock was this i always forget but it's the genomic stock that uh genomic stock i don't like um but yeah in the guts here in order we have gamestop gamestop is better than amc amc is better than blackberry blackberry is better than nicola nicola is better than whatever this genomics uh, stock is, and then uh, JNEG. Going into uh, next stock here, which is Nokia. Nokia gets a lot of news for the 5G stuff. Um, can't say that I like it though. It's borderline penny stock territory. Let's look up penny stock definition real quick. I think it's any stock below five bucks. Yeah, a penny stock, buy, this is Investopedia by, by the way, a penny stock refers to a small company stock that typically trades for less than $5 per share. Nokia is not a small company, but just the fact that it's almost under $5 a share is not great. A lot of people or a lot of newer traders float towards sh uh, stocks that have um, that are just cheaper because they they value quantity over quality and so you know a lot of their ideologies stem from like okay if I buy a hundred of this stock every time it goes up one dollar I make a hundred bucks but truth is like this stock's not gonna fluctuate all that often and it's not gonna go up uh, a whole dollar anytime soon um, so you know, you definitely get what you pay for. Uh, Nokia is just one of those companies that um, is very news-based. You're always looking for like a 5G article to come out. Um, it's price though, graph-wise, it looks like it's consolidating. It looks like if you want to get into Nokia, doesn't look like a bad time to go in. Um, there's a lot of price discovery happening here within the last year or within like the last January, March, April, May, June. June, July, August, September. Yeah, so like five months. Last five months, it's been consolidating really nicely. Um, nothing much to say there. P&E ratio, non-existent. They don't make money. I thought that they had a dividend, but I guess they don't. Um, so there's no dividend yield. Let's bring up Nokia. Nope. Boom. Uh, Nokia actually has earnings on Wednesday, so that's pretty cool. Very relevant. Uh, wow, their implied volatility isn't... Is that correct? Implied volatility for the 17-day expiration is 278%. So what I think 
that means is that there's like some big announcement that's going to happen here. Um, man. Yeah, this, so there's like 20, the monthly has a good amount of volume. The weeklies do not have uh, that much volume. A lot of the volume is on the call side. So there's definitely a lot of bullish people. Yeah, no one's, no one's really buying puts and I think it's because no one wants to sell them. Uh... Yeah. Okay. So yeah, option volume, not there. Implied volatility is there. Slippage is really bad. Day trading this sounds like a nightmare. Very news reliant. Um, but a little bit of shares here and there, not a bad idea. But you can honestly say that with anything in the uh, gut here. So we're gonna go here. I like Nokia more than Nikola. I think, oh man, I'm pretty sure I like Blackberry more than Nokia. I like AMC more than Nokia and I like GameStop more than Nokia. I think that is rightly so. So the guts here, Nokia is now in and that goes GameStop, then AMC, Blackberry, Nokia, Nikola, the genomic stock and the JNUG. Here we go. Uh, we're gonna talk about my bread and butter real quick. Uh, we're gonna talk about Nvidia, Nvidia stock, Nvidia. Yeah, that, that works. Nvidia's P/E ratio is 88. I'm just gonna kick kick things off and start there. Um, that is, in my experience, that is not that high. Larry, 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 Larry. Thank you for the follow. Um, when I've traded this stock, its P&E ratio has been over 100 before. And I was just as confident then as I am now. Um, they have a super small dividend. We're talking about 0 .0, 0, 0.065, so not even half a percent. Um, or that is half a percent. It, it, it's a little bit more than half a percent. Um, and Ticos, thank you for the follow. Uh, dividend yield, it's almost negligible, but the fact that a stock like this that's so growth oriented, such a leader that also gives a dividend, it's just one of the nicest pluses out there. Um, P and E ratio, again, 88, not that high, but to some 88 might seem huge. But I've been trading this for so long that ADH just kind of seems normal. It's an industry leader. You're not gonna beat an NVIDIA graphics card. AMD has a chance sometime in the future to do that, but that's also why I like AMD so much. Um, NVIDIA is also uh, like the perfect crypto stock. It provides you literally everything you would ever want with crypto. Uh, crypto goes up, Nvidia goes up. Crypto goes down, Nvidia doesn't really bat an eye. Nvidia is also an AI leader, and you can t tie that in with electric vehicles. Um, uh, what else can I say? Nvidia. Huh. 
I feel like I talk about this so much that I'm now like burnt out talking about it. Um, Nvidia, yeah, talk about industry leader. Its ARM acquisition is also a really big deal, though that's something that is still like under investigation um, by basically other countries, I think specifically the UK. Uh, so that deal needs to be passed. What I'm low-key hoping for is that the deal does not get passed and NVIDIA shoots down like 10% or whatever. And I start, um, I add NVIDIA to like whatever my forever portfolio is at that time. Um, because that will be the entry of a lifetime, I think. Because I don't, I don't foresee NVIDIA ever going down uh, too far unless if there's like some macro wave down like COVID or something again. But even then, I think NVIDIA has proved that uh, it's COVID proof. It's just humankind executing at their best um, to create the best technology possible. And a lot of their graphics cards, data center growth, all that's making everything technology wise better. So going into just like the more technical side, um, looking at uh, NVIDIA. Uh, and NVIDIA's implied volatility is really good. Uh, it's not like 60%, it's like 44, 48, 45, so we'll call it like 45% maybe. Uh, the nearest monthly is on earnings, so like the uh, number of contracts is gonna be kind of skewed, but let's just go up to 38. No, I guess the weeklies don't have that much volume, but that's also post earnings, so I'm not sure um, what, what that might be about. Yeah, the most, the more recent weeklies have a lot of volume, um, but yeah. Plenty of options volume. Slippage is pretty low just because so many people trade it. Um, you know, it's also under uh, a one trillion market cap. It's actually not really that close to one trillion either. It's at 617. I see here 617.92 billion. Um, yeah, well, I, I honestly thought it was a lot higher, but you know, today I learned. Um, yeah, good open interest, implied volatility is high, industry leader, has, it's the perfect entry for crypto. It doesn't put you all in into some crypto stock that like the Wall Street Bets is trying to push, but it will go up with crypto and you're kind of safe from any dips in crypto uh, just because of how Nvidia is positioned for future growth. Um, what else can I say? CEO very knowledgeable like you just listen to him talk during his keynotes you feel very confident uh, which is really important like you have to feel like the ceo knows what they're doing i had that same uh, sort of respect for uh, lisa sue and tim cook um yeah i'd say i'd say right now especially since nvidia has hit i think new all-time highs yeah, it's just taken off. That it feels really toppy. Um, but again, as I mentioned earlier, I think before that the stream start before the stream started, um, trading at the top doesn't have to be scary. There's ways you can trade at the top, um, like here. Right, Nvidia reached a new all-time high. Seems pretty extended. Juni, why would you ever trade at a price like this? Well. If I was able to just list off all those things about how NVIDIA was so good, I should believe in it enough to go in and stay in, even if it corrects. 
you should feel that way about any of the stocks that you choose to um, go in on. But of course, this could be, and I just want to say this because this is being recorded and it's going to go out as a podcast episode. So this is just going to be part of my legacy forever. This could be the literal top of NVIDIA. NVIDIA could go all downhill from here or trade flat for the rest of like forever. And that would be okay. Because you need to make sure that you understand when you enter a stock that's at all time highs where you don't know where it's gonna go. Oh, it could go to the moon or it could consolidate or it could start going down. You need to understand how to manage your positions to get out so you don't feel stuck. Some of the biggest losses that will happen in your trading career will happen when you feel stuck. When you feel stuck, you start not thinking logically and you might just like sell out of like a decent position that's like a little red, but just because you feel like, you know, oh, it's never gonna bounce back to this level. Oh, it's not gonna do this. But you, then you start forgetting like, oh, if you just hold it for a decent amount of time, chances are the stock market goes up as history shows, right? Like you just look at the max of this chart and yeah, the all time chart from when the stock was trading at 41 cents in 1999. Yes, this looks very bubbly, but I don't know. Economy ramps up, inflation is transitory, and all this uh, mumbo jumbo. Um, just be safe when you're trading stocks at all time high, all time highs, like Nvidia. I don't want, I didn't want to like have a spiel about Nvidia for like 10 minutes, and then have people writing and being like, "Oh, Junie, Nvidia is going down now." Well, you know, I thought you said this and that. That those are just things that I believe in. So. Uh, bringing up the stock chart or the stock tier list now here. Um, NVIDIA is my favorite stock of all time. Nothing beats NVIDIA. I always have capital ready to go in and out with NVIDIA. If my cover calls get assigned, I go right back in. If my uh, cash secured puts, uh, you know, print, I write another one right away. Um, all of that. Like, I cannot... Uh, I have nothing bad to say about NVIDIA other than just be careful because just because I like it so much doesn't mean that you like it. Uh, if you feel like that one day you might buy into NVIDIA and that you feel the urge to ask like what I'm doing with my NVIDIA position, that's a very tall tale sign that you shouldn't be in NVIDIA. That goes with any stock. If you feel like you've listened to someone and they recommend you a stock, uh, and then you get into it and you buy it and then you're like uh, You're feeling like you need to ask them. Oh, you know, when are you selling? When are you doing this? You shouldn't be in that stock uh, but Yeah uh, We're almost out of time, but I think just for the sake of it, we'll just go one more. We'll just do uh, Procter and Gamble Procter and Gamble stock. I don't know what their uh, stock chart is Oh yeah, the PG. Sounds good. Uh, their stock price, Procter and Gamble, is at one forty-two eighty-five. Oh, and just in case if I didn't say explicitly, just for the podcast, Nvidia is the number one stock and is in S tier. Um, Procter and Gamble, though, uh, looks like it's bounced very well from a earlier bottom, actually. Uh, from this year, March 2nd, 2021 at 123. Uh, it's definitely chilling at like a support that goes 
um, in the past to like, you know, the December of last year in 2020. Right now, the 142.85 that's currently trading at seems okay. Like this seems like a very good price to set up like a home base. Um, the five-year graph on Google looks like it wants to break out, which is cool. You see like what people or what technical analysis people call it an ascending triangle, um, which Uh, I guess I could have just looked up what a what a ascending triangle is, but ascending triangle is when you have, um, say this is the stock graph. You have this type of action going on, uh, and you could draw a line like this, and then this triangle here is ascending. And you could basically draw another line like that. Um, and this is an ascending triangle. This this line should be flat, um, but yeah. And you can kind of see that here where you can draw a line like this and a flat line like here. And then that is a bullish indicator. Um, but of course, this is the five-year graph. I don't know what's gonna happen within the next years. And that's always relative. The one-year graph, doesn't look like an ascending triangle. It just looks like it's consolidating at the 140 price, basically. Um, talk about the P&E ratio. Uh, it has a P&E ratio of 26, which is, I don't know this industry all too, all too much. It's a consumer goods corporation headquartered in Cincinnati, uh, Ohio. Um, P&E ratio of 26 seems okay. Like it doesn't seem oh, like, crazy but that's because i trade peony ratios of like 40 and 88 like nvidia so this doesn't seem all too bad but i, I again i don't know this industry all too well dividend yield is 2.4 percent so that's also pretty cool um it's recovered pretty well during covid and i'd say that yeah i'm Procter and Gamble. Is Procter and Gamble Lysol? Or is Lysol something else? No, it doesn't look like it. Because I was going to say, oh, I think Lysol is actually a stock. Lysol is stock. Or Clorox. Clorox is a stock. Yeah, so I was just going to say that stocks that are COVID proof are literally stocks that kill germs. Like Clorox, I think was a sleeper stock that no one really saw coming. Um, just seeing here and then look at the one year. Oh, that the one year is really bad. But looking at the, um, the COVID chart from here, it just ripped from the bottom. It's consolidated a whole bunch because I guess people just don't care about buying up all the hand sanitizer wipes possible but yeah clorox is just an example of something that's covid proof not news proof because i guess news can be anything but just thought i point that out project gamble doesn't seem like uh like that same factor of just like blasting off from the bottom um for covid uh procter and gamble 26 p e ratio dividend yield 2.4 percent 
Let's look up PG. Implied volatility, super bad. It's at 15%. I would not uh, sell options for this. Open interest though, seems decent um, on the more popular strikes. Uh, yeah. Let me take a look at where I would place this thing in the stock tier list. It makes money. As a P&E ratio, it's pretty low. Pays a pretty good dividend of 2.4%. Uh, it can potentially break out uh, from the five-year chart. So it's pretty good long hold. Um, but does it have like growth potential? Just because something breaks out doesn't mean that it's gonna go up forever. And that, that in itself is a risk. Like what happens if it doesn't break out? It just keeps trading sideways. That's what my worry is. And so I would want to be invested into things that I personally feel will give me a good return on my money. And I'm not particularly passionate about Procter & Gamble either. I think Procter & Gamble is like strictly average. I like it more than everything in C tier. Like for example, I like it more than DraftKings, Boeing, Chipotle, Robinhood, uh, Kathy stocks like ARK, uh, Airbnb, Fastly, uh, Moderna, and Marathon. But I, yeah, and I guess I do like it more than the Chinese stocks, just to be real. So that puts in B tier. I think it's safer and more reliable than Blizzard stock. Uh, Canada Goose is good if you believe in Canada Goose. Altria, I think Altria's dividend is insane, even though smoking is bad. But I don't I don't like um, P uh, Procter and Gamble more than Altria or the defense stocks or McDonald's. So it's definitely in the lower end of B tier. Um, yeah, and honestly, I think Canada Goose, just because it's just so not relatable to so many people, because you have to be pretty into Canada Goose in general uh, to be really passionate about it. I'm just gonna put Procter & Gamble in between Altria and Canada Goose. So uh, Procter & Gamble, a little bit on the uh, further end of the B tier, um, but it's just better than all the news related stocks, um, but not better than like the foundation stocks, like the ones that are just like dead center, like McDonald's, defense stocks and Altria. For example, I like Best Buy a lot. I think the shopping experience at Best Buy is really good. Coinbase, Coinbase can go up and down, I don't care, but they make crypto transactions feel more legit and I'm all about that. Um, no matter like how bearish and bullish I can be about crypto at the same time. Corsair, I like their RAM chips or their RAM, uh, RAM stuff. Uh, Lululemon, customer experience is awesome. Clothes are really good. Uh, part of the Becky index. 
I got my semiconductors like Micron and Intel, Security, CrowdStrike, Amazon, Etsy, Datadog, all of which that I like more than Procter Gamble, so go right in the middle. Yeah. Cool. I feel like we made a good amount of progress today. Just, um, just kind of slamming through this thing. I think we will barely make it in 10 episodes um, if I continue to do it at this pace. Next week, we'll pick up, uh, uh, pick up uh, starting with uh, Peloton. Um, I'm just going to kind of end the, end the chat with um, reading through um, some of the questions here or the comments. Um, Master Jado said, okay, I'm downloading 103 now. Thanks, man. No problem. Uh, yeah, Mac OSO asked what the podcast name was. There you go. Yep. Uh, Big Chad West said, this is hella cool to see the uh, intro live. Cool. I'm happy you're here. John Tran, uh, Zillinix, I will talk about that probably after the stock tier list. We'll, we'll probably make some edits uh, to this when I do the stock tiering uh, next time, like next year. Um, Neverfull99 says, can we review CCNC? I am liking it. I will, you know, if you show up to the next stream early, uh, I'll happily just like look at it and give my two cents really quickly just for you. Uh, but this stock tier list is just so um, set already and I'm just trying to complete all of these uh, in 10 episodes or you know, 11, 12. I'm trying to finish this soon because I want to get back to my red regular scheduled programming. Um, John Tran mentioned that he's heard ambulances. I can't actually hear all that well when I have these earbuds in because these are like soundproof. Uh, I hope someone's okay or that person's okay. Um, Empty Can says, uh, in grade four, some kids in my school threw out my Nike shoes out of protest over sweatshops and have never fully recovered. That sucks. I'm sorry that happened to you. John Tran headed to bed. Empty cans took off as well. Daniel Model 3, Theta Gang, Theta Gang. PG equals boomer stock according to Ticos. Uh, they just sell essentials, not much growth. Of course, they're too high uh, on your list, IMO. And that's why it is my opinion. That's cool. Okay, nice. So. For uh, next time, again, we're gonna start with Peloton. Uh, I hope everyone that made it this time can make it again. And I will see everybody next week. Thank you so much for coming and I'll see everyone next Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. Bye-bye.